Welcome to City Life Church Podcast. Our desire is that all may come to know Christ and fulfill their purpose in life. We welcome you to head over to our website for more information. God bless you and enjoy the message. Well, it's my privilege to be able to introduce myself this morning as the guest speaker. I appreciate the fact that you came out today, and uh, we're going to continue on our series, uh, Culture of Community. Uh, We've been doing this for a few weeks, and today I want to talk specifically about making a difference, making a difference, and uh, I think that's important for every one of us that we make a difference, right? We're not put on this earth just for ourselves and to take up space and suck a little oxygen now and then, but we have a purpose God's created us for. And really is bringing uh, value, added value, to other people's lives. And, and I believe that's, that's a big part of who we are and what we've been created to be. And, but since birth, we've really, essentially, we come out selfish. And so I believe that but God's heart is always think about others, think about others. And so making a difference. So I just want to pray as we get started in this and share a few things with you this morning, some scriptures uh, just some examples of things and just what God wants to do in us today, not only in us, but through us, right? Amen. Are you, you going to allow God to work through you? All right, about four or five of you. We'll maybe get a little bit more as we go along. Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity we have to spend some time with you, spend time in your word, and just be able to be either uh, reminded of some things or even maybe some fresh things uh, to talk about today as we hear what you have to say to us. Let us have listening ears and also hearts to receive and that we would put into practice what you're asking. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Jude, verse 22 and 20, or excuse me, 21 and 22, it says this, keep yourselves in the love of God awaiting the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life, and, have some, and, and of some have compassion, making a difference. Can you say, making a difference with me? Making a difference. Making a difference. It's in the Bible, so I didn't make this up. It's in there, making a difference. Compassion goes with that so much. And it's hard for me to imagine too many things that are more important to God than to see us fulfilling his word and making a difference in the lives of people for the sake of the gospel and being to salt and light. I mean, that's simply what we're to be. Just to really, there's no tricky way to do this. There's no way that this is one way. You have to do it this way. It's however God created you to be, be that. Be that and just be who that is, who, who God's created you to be in, in just your daily life. So I was thinking about this. So how can we make a difference? How can we make a difference? Well, one thing you can do, and I, I think about this it, just in my daily life as I go along, is when you talk to somebody, find out what their passion is. You ever, you ever notice when somebody, you hit that kind of that passion button with somebody, and you hit that button, and all of a sudden, they kind of light up, and they love talking about what their passion is. Find out what it is, because people like to talk about what they like to do, and, and it's important to hear that. Find out. It's a great way to get to know people, too, and, and to connect with people, and the, the, honestly, you really do not have to go out of your way to find an opportunity. 
You don't. It just happens in your daily life. There's opportunities all around us. It's just a matter of, you could have, ask one simple question, and my wife tells me I ask too many questions. She's always, you ask too many questions. And I always tell people, hey, if I'm asking too many questions, just shut me down. That's okay. I'm not offended by that. But I like to get to know a little bit about, what, about people and what makes them tick and what makes them who they are. And it's just part of uh, my interest in finding out about people because I don't want to do life with people that I have no clue about. Can you imagine just going around and never knowing the person that you work with or the person that you're married to, especially? <laughs> and those are kind of the things like, hey, we might want to get to know each other, dear. Yeah. And uh, because here's the, usually what happens is the women know pretty much everything about their husband, right? If you had a little, like a game show or something, they would get all, the guys are just like clueless half the time. Like, what's your wife's favorite perfume? Oh, man. And, you know, and they're just, and they don't. <laughs> and I think I don't go there, right, dear? <laughs> I think I know. I think I know. Don't ask me. There's a few. There's a few that she likes and that I like. Anyway, moving on. That was a rabbit trail. So what's your story? Because that's another thing. Each of us have a story. You have something in your life that you've been through, a challenge that you've been faced with, that you have come through, and maybe in the midst of that, you're like, I can't see myself making it through this. This is too hard. This is too challenging for me. But, you, but, but a story has been created. Either you've made it through or you're, you're on your way through uh, in something like that. And you know, somebody might say to somebody who's struggling in an area, they might say, hey, you know what? I can identify with where you're at. Because a few years ago, I went through the same thing. I, I went through a terrible divorce. And I'll tell you what, God met me, and he was able to help me through that. And right today, I can tell you, God's good. He's good in the midst of whatever are the things that we struggle with. Um, you know, somebody say, you know what, I really understand what you're going through. My, both of my parents died when I was young, too. Because, see, you're, you run up into people who have similar things that have happened in their life. And God allows us to go through those things because it's, it brings, helps to bring healing to others. It's like, wow, you went through that and, you, and you're, you seem like you're doing pretty good. Well, let me tell you how good God is in my life. Uh, you know, hey, I went through a time in my life that I was depressed, I was suicidal, and, and somebody came alongside me and encouraged me, and somehow I was able to pull through, and God met me. God spared my life. He helped me, and I'm at a place today where I can help other people through those kinds of things. Um, you know, even uh, women that can say, and I, and I know this in my own life my, with my wife, but women can say, hey, what, when I was a teenager, you know, I, I was abused. I was sexually abused. I was raped. But God, but God. I lost all self-esteem, my value. I devalued my own life, but somehow God was able to, he came alongside of me and he gave me value. He showed me how much he loved me. He brought me back into that place and he loves you too. He can do the same for you. You know, it could be a serious car accident because, you know, hey, somebody could be laying in the hospital from a car accident and maybe you go up there and say, you know what, I understand. I almost lost my life in a, in a car accident. Whatever, whatever it is, you have a story. 
and somebody needs to hear your story. You can make a difference. Because so many times we're like, what can I do? I don't really have any value I can bring. Yes, you do. You have a story. We all have something that we can share that will impact the lives of other people. There's this, um, I don't have the scripture on the, on the PowerPoint, but I was going to tell you a story of this, this government official who came to Jesus, and his son was very sick, and he was about to die. And he came to Jesus, Jesus, please come. You need to come and, and heal my son. He's dying. And, and Jesus basically said, hey, do, do you really, in order to believe me in what I do, do you always have to see signs, wonders, and miracles from me? Uh, and, and the man's like, well, basically, a physician has to go be with the patient, right? I mean, that's how it works. You can't heal somebody unless you're there, unless you, you can put hands on and heal. And Jesus said, no, I can send my word. He said, go home. Your son is going to be fine. He's going to live. And so the man believed what Jesus said, and he started heading home. And on his journey home, some of his servants came part way and met him to said, guess what? Your son, he's miraculously come back from, from nearly dying. And, and so the, he was questioning the servants, well, what, what time was that? And he said, it was about 1 o'clock yesterday. And he said, that's exactly the same time Jesus told me my son was going to live. Can you imagine making a difference, that Jesus made a difference, because the Bible says that this man and his whole family believed in Jesus and, and gave their life to Christ because simply making a difference. And Jesus sent a word. My word will heal the sick. My word will raise the dead. So Jesus doesn't have to physically be here to do something in your life. He can send a word, and he does that. And when we get that and we receive it, we can say, wow, I can turn around and share that with somebody else because how impacting is that in our life? Just a simple word spoken by Jesus can make a difference. And I believe it's obvious that we want to make a difference in everybody's life. But one of the things I've been pondering lately and thinking about is there is a generation right now that it's being influenced like none other. So much pressure, so many things that are going on because things are happening so quickly. And it's such a rapid pace. And, it, and it's, quite frankly, scaring a lot of people, scaring some parents. And I talk to different people and interact with people. And this is the latest generation that right now, the generation called Generation Z. These are kids that are about 13 to 23 years old mostly teenage, young adult years. And they're really being inundated right now in their life and being challenged in some things that are going on. And born in the mid-90s, the mid-2000s, somebody, somewhere in there. But they're basically glued to their smartphones. They're on social media nonstop. And so that's their life, right? Most of them. I'm not saying all of them. So, you know, your kids may or may not do that. But I was reading a lot of information uh, about this, and, and it really kind of gives an illusion of community and um, socializing, like, oh, they're, getting, they're, they're hanging out with friends, they're socializing on their devices or in social media, <clears throat> but the re research actually says that it's the opposite, that it increases isolation, and it doesn't increase interaction 
as well. And I was reading this, that 92% of the Generation Z have a digital footprint. In other words, their life is out there for everybody to know everything about their life. You can find it. And so because they've, they've been on and, and, and put so much information out there, and you know there's pl- resources pulling from everything, they know every detail of everything that's going on in your life. Because anything you put out there, have you ever noticed you get advertisements for things because of something you said on, on social media or even talking on your phone sometimes? Things get a little scary nowadays. You just never know what might show up. But it's interesting because the information about a particular person that exists on the internet really is a result of their online activity. And it's an open book to their life. It really is what it is. 40% of these kids are self-admitted digital device addicts. That's, I mean, they, they, from the moment they get up, and they would probably do it in school if they could, too. And they want to go, and here's the thought process for them, too. Well, I'm going to go straight into the workforce. I don't need to go to college because I can do everything I can do. I can figure it out. I can find it out with my life, and I'm going to do what I want to do and how I want to do it. And so there's this self sense of, uh, a false sense of satisfaction that really what I'm getting to is it's making this particular generation unhappy. And it's interesting when I dive into this and look more, and they are the most depressed and over-medicated generation in the history of, you know, of the United States right now. When you, when you look at some statistics, and it's, it's very overwhelming to see. And, and so now the studies are saying that in teenagers, suicide is the number one cause of death now instead of homicide, so suicide in teens. And it, and it, and it makes sense when you begin to see and put together stuff what is going on and maybe all the things that we're missing and increased screen time, I guess you could call it, it with isolation that has a direct impact on their mental health and, and how they function in life. Eighth graders who are heavy social media users are 27% more likely to be depressed than a kid that maybe has activity that they are pulled into, whether it's a sports or some other activity that they're involved with outside of just being on the, the little electronic device. And it keeps them away from social media, at least for a little while. It gets them active and involved in other people's lives and, and, and things like that. But one of the things is they have a tendency to not have a purpose. I'm, I'm getting to a point of making a difference. What, their tendency is to not really care about much, not believe in much, uh, not really enjoy much. They don't really find purpose in things, and so they don't really then feel like at some point that their life really matters. So I believe just that this sort of this enemy has crept into something that's good. I mean, I, I, their technology is great, but... I think what's happened is this has happened so fast that it's hard for us to figure out what do we do because it's hitting us so strong. And, and looking at some of the current research that's out there, and life really has become a, really a passive absorption of content, really, instead of an, really what I would see needs to happen is an active pursuit of God in their life and the value that God brings, God-given identity, because he's given identity to all of us. And so we're, we're at this really challenging place 
Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2 in the the Message Bible says this. So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. We're so into our thing, our perspective, looking down, looking at whatever our stuff is, and we never look up to really see what's going on. What opportunity do I have to impact somebody's life? If you ever see people out there, it's, they're constantly distracted with whatever device they may have instead of just paying attention to who's there, who's around me, who, who can I be a, a, a positive influence to. And teens then, right now, are finding themselves with increased depression, anxiety, and suicide. And we're seeing that. And I'm telling you, as a person, as a pastor, as somebody involved in this community, I, I have such a passion to see this thing turned around. Uh, I, I tell you, it's so sad and it's so gripping when you're around a family that just had a teenager commit suicide, and it, and, and it causes me to go, what can I do? What can I do? How can I stop this, be a part of seeing that families don't have to go through this devastation because it's real, it's going on out there. And one thing I can do is be a voice. I can be a voice to you. I can let you know, because most of us in this room don't interact in that realm. We don't know. The suicide stuff doesn't make the news most times. We don't know. We live our life. We're going on, unless it's a friend or a, fa- a relative or a neighbor or something. We don't know those things. And it, but for me, it's something that's just big. It's a passion of mine to say, how can I make a difference? How can I make a difference? It's simply last week, my wife's birthday, March 13th. We were in the middle of dinner, and my phone, my chaplain phone goes off. I didn't answer it because we were in the middle of dinner. A little bit later, I get a text. We, we could use you at a, a situation. We, we finished up, and I told Jane, hey, do you, what do you want me to do because it's your birthday? She said, no, you need to go. Take, go ahead, take me home and go. It's an 18-year-old. This fits right in this category we're talking about. 18-year-old young, young man, a boy, really, but, but a man for whatever reason, decides to take his life right here in Lacey. And when I arrived, for mom to be there crying out, my baby, my baby, my baby, and just totally, totally in this place of of loss and hurt and pain, 30, 40 feet from her son, but she can't go see him because it wouldn't be good for her but she wants to see her baby. She wants to see her baby. And I think my heart was hurting so bad for this woman and her family and, and this boy's sister. What happened? And, and when you piece things together and you think, man, things should have been good. Things should have been good. They seemed good. But what was it? There's something. There's something going on. How do we help people in this situation? We can make a difference. We can. I know... Some of you see this more than others, but I believe as Christian parents, we have a responsibility to direct our kids living a life for Jesus. It is so important to have him as the center of our life and teach our kids these things because 
right now, you may have small children. Your children may grow, be grown. They're somewhere in between. But don't believe the lie that you cannot impact and have a positive influence on your kids. Because I'll tell you, there's people out there right now in the community that are trying to say things, that are trying to put things into your kids that is not good. It's, it's not good, and we're seeing that. So parents, we, we have to make sure that we are involved in their lives. Not like we're smothering them and we're not allowing them to, to you know, grow and be children, but there's something about being involved in the activities of their life. Who owns the, who owns the cell phone of a 13-year-old? Mom or the kid, or dad or the kid. So, you know, one of those things. Get your kids involved in activities outside of the home, whether it's at church, whether it's in the community, playing sports, in the in clubs, or, or whatever it is. Have them volunteer with you. Boy, that's a great concept. Say, hey, mom or dad, we're, I'm volunteering to do this. Come on with me. Let's do this together. There's not a whole lot more exciting than doing something in the community and seeing an impact that you can have in the community. And I believe the church also offers life-giving connections and direction for families and for people, and, and it's a great place to, to get help, too. You know, here's a statistic that just absolutely staggered me, but showed where we're, where we're at as a society. And I'm not here to speak against any anybody, any person, because I believe I love every person as Jesus has directed me to love them. We love people, right? We, we love people. And so how, how do we demonstrate that to people? And we do our, our best we can. But the, here's a statistic that's very challenging for us. 45% of transgender people between the age of 18 and 44, 45% of them have attempted suicide. Now, that's not God's plan. God doesn't set out with that plan at all. That's 10 times the average of, of a heterosexual person, 10 times the average for suicide attempt. And, and so it's no wonder so many people are confused about truth because they're, everything they're learning and gathering is somewhere besides the Bible, it's out there. Everything out there, people are filling the minds of all these kids, all these people with this stuff. And we need to get back to the Word. We need to get back to the Bible. If you're looking for a foundational book, something to, to guide your life, to teach your children, the Bible's a great place to start. And it's a great place to stay, too, as well. But there are dozens of voices that are speaking into our minds every day. There are dozens of voices that are speaking. And they're vying to be heard. They want to be heard, they, and they want to be listened to, and they want, it's every outlet imaginable is there for us. 1 Corinthians 14.33, the first part in the New King James says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. We have, have a confused generation right now, but he is the author of peace. We can make a difference. I don't believe these kids are crying out for more options. I believe they're crying out for the truth. I honestly do. They're looking for truth. But the truth is not being told to them from many of these outlets. We have the truth. You have the truth. And it's in the word of God. And that's where we need to be going. That's where we need to be taking our kids. That's where we need to be taking these young people. They're crying out for truth. 
I want to challenge you today. Find one life that you can make a difference in. One, find one person that's outside of your home, your direct connections. Find one person. And I want to ask you to do this. I want you to pray, God, show me who that person is that I can make a difference in their life. Show me that one person. I guarantee God will show you one person. And he'll do it in such a way that it fits who you are. You're not going to have to go out of your way to figure this out. It will be obvious to you. And God will give you the things to say or to do to help be that influence in that one person's life. When you do that, it tends to multiply. Because that person will tell somebody else, hey, this person said this to me or it encouraged me. Find a life you can make a difference in. God will put you in the path of somebody who needs to hear from you. And you might say, well, my, my life's so screwed up. How can, no, you know what? All of our lives are screwed up. God took a bunch of misfits and made them disciples, you know? And that's what, we're just a bunch of misfits that are disciples and we're learning this life together, right? We're figuring it out. But God has a purpose for all, all of us. Romans chapter 2, verse 13, message version says, merely hearing God's law is a waste of your time if you don't do what he commands. Doing, not hearing, is what makes the difference with God. We talk about doing, doers, being active, making a difference. Making a difference is doing. As believers, we walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. He is with us. I'll tell you, there's no greater power than to have the power of God that resides in us wherever we go. Jesus, it's the same way. He put his word in us. That means we're carriers of his word. We're carriers of his presence. And wherever we go, we should never be intimidated by any situation, never feel that, oh, I can't do that, or wow, that person, you know, they've got something, this and that. You need to walk in confidence, in boldness, wherever you go and say, you know what, and this is not in a prideful, arrogant way at all. It's just confidence of knowing, I know who I am in Christ. I know God's called me to do this, do this thing called life, and he's called me to be a positive influence on other people's lives. And simply just being somewhere can be that. You don't even have to say anything sometimes. And God uses you. He uses us. In Romans 15, 13, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Overflowing with confidence and hope. When people ask you, man, you seem pretty happy today. Well, I'm confident in who I am in God. He's filled me with joy. He's filled me with hope. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Would you rather be happy or sad? Sometimes we have to choose it because we don't always feel like it, right? Every morning when we get up, you choose to do whatever you do. You choose. You make those choices. Now, for me, some people are in the camp that I'm in, which is I pop out of bed pretty easy in the morning. There's other people that they don't like mornings, and they don't do well in the mornings, but they like, they like their evenings. That's fine. Figure it out. But when you get up in the morning, you still make a choice. 
You either choose, you can choose to be joyful and in peace, or you can choose to be cranky and go about your day complaining and all of those things. But it makes a difference. It makes a difference of, of what we choose. And you don't want those people that God's put in your path, and you're at the gas station, and you're filling up your car with gas, and the other person's there doing theirs, and you can tell they're frustrated. And if you're, if you're cranky and frustrated, and they say, look over at you and go, hey, you're cranky too. And then you go, oh, well, now how am I going to change this into something positive here where I can be an influence to them? It's like, yeah, hey, let's be cranky together. <laughs> Trade you cars. First Peter 3.15, as the worship team comes back up to finish up the service, or excuse me, Romans 15.13. Did I do that one already? I did. <laughs> How about First Peter 3.15? We'll go there. First Peter 3.15, just the, the second part of 15 and the first part of 16, because I, I, I like this part. If someone asks about your hope as a believer... Always be ready to explain it, but do this in a gentle and respectful way. See, that's a good way to end this morning. Because if somebody asks you, what makes you happy? Or why are you, why are you so encouraging all the time? You have a story. Let me tell you, you know, I went through this really hard time in my life, and God met me. I don't know all the details of that or why that happened or all that, but I'm just here to tell you that God is a good God. And he can help you in your challenge too. Making a difference. We can make a difference. So I want to challenge you this morning. This is how we can make a difference. So this week, that is your assignment to find one person. And I I want to hear back. I want to hear back. Hey, this is what happened when I... Talk to this person. Make a difference. Let's stand together. Lord, I pray for each person here today. Lord, I know that you are challenging us. We see things around us, or we choose not to see them, but I believe that you're opening our eyes to see them. And you're opening our eyes to see them for a reason. It's because you want us. You have called us to partner with you not because you need us but it's because we need what you have given us we need that to be active in our life because there's a joy when we are responding to what you ask us to do because you do live and reside in us and you go with us and when we see a miracle when we open our mouth and we see a miracle happen we realize all glory goes to God, but there is something, the sense that comes back to us to say, this is good. This is it. This is part of who I've been created to be. Lord, help us to be that impact. Help us see the generations around us, that we'd be in tune with what's going on, that we could be, not for the sake of speaking negative or to be upset about something, but to be able to be a positive influence, a positive input. And that we would want to understand each of these people as well. We want to understand what makes them tick, what, how they think. We ask questions. Lord, I pray for 
every person here today, that we would honor you in everything that we do. We thank you, Lord. And I, and I pray for parents with the difficult challenge of raising kids in today's society and the, the quick pace of all the things that are going on. It's, it's nearly impossible to pour enough into these kids to keep them on the right track. But God, with your help, we can do this. We can do this, God. We, we can do this, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Before we're dismissed, if there's anybody here today, you need prayer for anything, we'd love to pray for you this morning. Uh, no matter what situation is in your life, pray for you. Maybe you're here and you, you've never committed your life to Christ. We'd love to see that because that's the greatest miracle ever, ever greatest miracle, salvation. Maybe it's relationship thing, healing, finances, job, whatever it is, we're here to pray for you. Let's... Uh, sing this song as we're finished tonight or today not tonight it probably feels like tonight anyway thank you for listening to city life church podcast 